Welcome to Lost in Twin Peaks. Today's episode covers the in-the-weeds details of Season 1, Episode 4, Lara's Funeral. This includes character rankings by screen time and also locations featured in the episode. And of course, coffee, pie, and donuts as always. And I always remind you in particular with these episodes where we're talking about these sort of abstract things like character rankings and stuff. Check out the illustrated companion on my site that's linked below that goes with this. Uh, For this, it's especially fun because you get to kind of scroll through the faces and even see them in a certain grid where it's like who's ranked where, which is kind of a fun thing to do alongside listening. Characters introduced in this episode are Maddie Ferguson, Parole Officer Wilson Mooney, Bernard Renault, Jacques Renault, Leland's Nurse, and the cast of Invitation to Love, both the in-world actors and the characters they're playing. So we have Martin Hadley as Chet, Selena Swift as Emerald and Jade, Evan St. Vincent as Jared Lancaster, and Jason Denbo as Montana, who we don't see yet. We see all the other characters. The characters who get to meet Cooper in this episode, um, I believe, are Ben, Leo, Joey, and I almost forgot Bernie, of course, Bernard Renault. The characters who meet each other uh, for the first time are Albert with Ben, Doc, and Andy at the morgue, and then Norma and Hank's parole officer. Our first time seeing characters, uh, certain characters together who obviously have met in the past, just not on screen before us, include Ben and Doc, Leo and Jacques, Ben and Albert with Laura's, uh, Ben and Albert both with Laura's corpse, uh, Leland and Maddie, Leland and the nurse, and then of course Invitation to Love gets watched by Leland and Maddie, if that counts as an interaction. I should note, all the characters who were at the funeral and therefore kind of share screen time often for the first time. We have Father Clarence, Shelley, Norma, Ed, Nadine, Andy, Cooper, Hawk, Catherine, although it may just be an actress in the hat, probably not Piper Laurie because we never see a close-up of her and she's sort of masked behind uh, Pete. Pete, Josie, Harry, Betty, Major, Briggs, Ben, Audrey, Johnny, Mike, Maddie, Sarah, Leland, Donna, Doc, Uh, Hayward, the log lady, and then we have Bobby in the back. For the character rankings, number 10 is James with about four minutes. I can't. I just can't. Number nine is Bobby with about four minutes. I'm going to turn it upside down! Number eight is Ben with about five minutes. I must insist that we consider the feelings of the Palmer family as well. Number seven is Audrey with about five minutes. Good morning, Colonel Cooper. Number six is Albert with about six minutes. Look, it's trying to think. For the top five of this episode, we have Hawk with about eight minutes. A dream soul wanders. Four is Ed with about eight minutes. Somebody selling drugs to high school kids. And I figure that's everybody's jurisdiction. Number three is Laura with about 15 minutes. But most of all, Laura was, I think, impatient. Five of those actual on screen, uh, not just people referencing, talking about her, focusing on her, but actually... I think either her body in the morgue, and I'm probably uh, included her the coffin since that she's right there, you know, in that number as well. I would imagine number two is Harry with about 16 minutes. Something very, very strange in these old woods. It's a lot of screen time. And number one, this is surprising. Cooper with about 26 minutes. My dream is a code waiting to be broken. Break the code, solve the crime. Meaning he's in well more than half the episode and a good 10 minutes longer than he was in episodes one and two, almost as long as he was in the entire pilot, just in this hour-long, 40, well, 45-minute on uh, with the commercials cut-out episode. So that's interesting. He's he's everywhere in this, and I guess that makes sense, because we get these long sequences, Bookhouse Boys stuff, funeral, where he's just present for all of it, you know? 
there aren't that many scenes with other characters. This is Ed's first time topping the supporting cast. So after the main characters of Cooper, Laura, and Harry, now we have Ed up there. Kind of a interesting surprise as he receded into the background a little bit in the past few episodes. Uh, this is Cooper's, Harry's, and Laura's fourth time, and Ben's and Audrey's and Hawk's second time, with over five minutes an episode. It's Ed's and Albert's first time each. Cooper's dream figures, Lucy, Jerry, Bobby, and Donna, have all dropped off. So they were all uh, over. Had they all had over five minutes in the previous episode, and they're uh, just some of them are gone altogether. Jerry and the dream figures disappear after having that prominent screen time, and the others just kind of recede. Donna's barely in it, for example. In terms of successive episodes with prominent screen time, who's on a hot streak right now? Well, we've got Cooper, Laura, and Harry all, every episode so far, over five minutes, or over ten minutes in the pilot, since that one's twice as long. So they're consistently the top three characters. Uh, this is also the second time in a row, though, for Audrey, Ben, and Hawk. I mentioned that it was their second time overall, but it's also twice in a row. So... I point that out again, you know, with these stats, we can get just kind of in the weeds about it as as numbers or a screen time or whatever. But it is interesting to see who is the series taking an interest in at this particular point. I think Laura and or, or sorry, James and Donna, the episodes, the early, early episodes, pilot and the first one were really, really highlighting. They started to recede a little bit last time. And this episode actually ends Donna's run of three episodes in a row with over five minutes. And as I said, she's barely in it. She has no lines. We see her one moment at the funeral. James gets a bit of a prominent uh, feature fighting with Bobby, but they're not seen together at all. So at this moment, at least, the series is pivoting a little bit away from what characterized, you know, what I called the B story of the pilot, which was the James Donna romance, where after the murder, this was kind of driving the uh, human emotion of that episode. And now both characters just uh, dropping down while others like uh, Ben and Audrey, the Horn family, I think, rising quite a bit. Those two characters were really not that prominent in the pilot at all, uh, particularly Audrey. Uh, really uh, almost just kind of a side, humorous, little tangential character. And now she's really starting to drive the plot in some ways, particularly with her uh, developing uh, mutual interest in, in Cooper and how she wants to help his investigation. Collectively, the top 10 characters on the show so far, taking all the screen time together, uh, is first Cooper, then Laura, then Harry, fourth is Donna, fifth is Bobby, sixth is James, seventh is Audrey, eighth is Ben, nine is Hawk, and ten is Ed. So again, we can kind of see some characters prominent in those early, early episodes, and some that are rising more in prominence now, kind of jostling for space there. The big change on this list at this moment is Cooper has jumped up a spot as Laura slipped past him. Until this episode, uh, if you count the times that people are talking about Laura that she's like the kind of off-screen feature, not just when she's on screen, but she is on. She has been on screen too in every episode so far. Uh, she was the number one character in that regard. Uh, whereas Cooper, just sticking to his actual screen time, since she's a living character, he was a little bit behind her, but catching up. And now he's past her. At this point, Cooper is the most prominent screen time uh, character on this show. Mike and Doc have fallen out of the top 10 completely. Mike, meaning Bobby's friend, who we only see briefly at the funeral. He was like a top 10 character from the pilot onward. And uh, he's gone. Doc is gone again. The Haywards just don't see that much of them this episode. 
uh, but Hawk has emerged, rising two spots as the first character to uh, enter the top 10 from outside the pilot's top 20. So like he wasn't even in that top 20 characters in the pilot. Hawk was, I'm trying to think if he had, he had a little dialogue when they were like talking to Bobby and stuff, but he didn't have any real character moments. He was just a sidekick. And now he's getting featured more and more. So he's up there in that top 10. And uh, Ed also returns to the top 10. He was number 10 in the pilot. Now he's back to that spot. So that's some interesting fluctuation there. And he rises four spots to do that. So he gets quite an episode this time. Again, this is one where he leads the supporting cast. In terms of milestones, Harry crosses over into an hour of screen time with this episode. So when you add them all together, he's now joining Cooper and Lara up there, the third character to cross that threshold. Donna hits a half hour. Audrey, Ben, and Hawk hit 20 minutes. Ed and Doc hit 15 minutes. Andy, Leland, and Shelley hit 10 minutes. Albert, the Major, Jacoby, and Nadine hit five minutes. And the Invitation to Love Ensemble and Trudy, who is the great Northern waitress, they hit one minute. So it's kind of funny when you think of all it feels like we've been exposed to with certain characters to think, well, in a sense, how little screen time they have. Somebody like Leland, you know, Laura's father, who's had all these scenes of the grieving and everything, has only been in it 10 minutes. Here's the list of locations and what happens there. For Blue Pine Lodge, we see the living room, the Dan and Catherine's room. We get the Josie Harry scene with the ledger, Catherine confronting Pete, and Josie expressing her worries to Harry. For the sheriff's station, we have the hallway in the smaller room. Hawk updates on the one-armed man, and we get to see Albert's autopsy work. For the Palmer house, Maddie arrives. For the Briggs house, uh, we took a one-episode break, but now we're back to see the Major and Bobby uh, before the funeral. For the high school, this is uh, nothing for the third episode in a row now. We haven't visited the high school. Very memorable location in the pilot. Nothing since then. For the Great Northern, we see the lobby, dining room, a secret corridor, Ben's office, a bar. So we actually get quite a bit uh, of, of the Great Northern in this episode. We have Cooper talking to Audrey, telling his dream to Harry and Lucy, Audrey spying on her family, and then Cooper and Hawk talking before they have to kind of take a hold of Leland and escort him out of the dining hall, which is actually, or the, out of the bar, which is something I didn't even mention when going over those scenes, is that the music stops, he's crouching down there, and they each take an arm, and the Laura Palmer theme starts playing quietly, and they carry him off, and the episode ends on that kind of on that moment for the double r diner uh, we have the parole officer scene with norma and then we have shelly mocking leland on the coffin and the meeting of the bookhouse boys for the johnson house we have cooper questioning leo and then later jacques calling leo and shelly hiding the gun for the packard sawmill nothing again for the third episode in a row so there's quite a few locations introduced in the pilot that we just haven't checked up on for the calhoun memorial hospital I guess we see the morgue. I'm assuming that's where that is. I suppose it could be at the sheriff's station as well, or it just could be some other building. Oftentimes, I think the morgue is in a whole separate location, uh, owned by the police or whatever. So maybe it's a separate location. If so, we don't see the hospital this episode. For Big Ed's gas farm and house, we have the scene with Nadine, Ed, and James. Nothing in the train car. Nothing for the third episode with the town hall. That's another location we were introduced to, but... Uh, we haven't seen it since. It was kind of the plainest of all the locations, and we didn't get any real sense of of character to it, so they haven't reproduced it in a set yet or had any reason to. Sparkwind 21, uh, we actually do see again because that's where those traffic lights are. So that's the spot that uh, James mentions in the pilot that Laura jumped, or I think in episode one, he says she jumped off her bike at Sparkwood in 21. So we keep going back to those traffic lights. And I think the script says Sparkwood in 21. So they, 
don't mention it on screen, but that's kind of the significance of it. Nothing at the Hayward House, uh, the Roadhouse. We see it from outside for the first time since the pilot as Jacques is approaching. Uh, we don't get any scenes in the woods and nothing for the second episode in a row for the mountaintop, the road into town, the random romantic spot where Laura and uh, James had the flashback, the hardware store, the Timber Falls Motel, and Jacoby's office. All of those locations have been dormant. For the locations introduced in the last episode, we don't see anything of the Canadian border and the waterway or One-Eyed Jacks, but we do get a brief flashback of the Red Room dream sequence. Uh, Tina Rathborn loved that sequence and felt like there was just a lot of dialogue where they're just describing all the things that we saw so richly in that episode, so she wanted something to intercut there, and she asked Lynch if she could reuse that footage and he said, yes, yeah. so nothing with the little man, nothing with the dialogue, but just the music playing and Laura leaning over to kiss Cooper and then whispering in his ear. We have three new locations in this episode, the Black Lake Cemetery, where we uh, stop for the funeral. And then later Cooper goes and sees Jacoby in this marvelous looking scene at night. Uh, we have the book house where they're interrogating Bernie, a very cool location to visit now, this kind of hideout the Bookhouse Boys, not the men, because they do kind of have this sort of Hardy Boys atmosphere to them. And then a random payphone. We're not sure where it is. Probably somewhere near the roadhouse where Jacques calls uh, Leo. Thanks, Norma. Enjoy. Mm. This must be where pies go when they die. For coffee, pie, and donuts, and of course a bonus food, we have Cooper sipping coffee at the Great Northern Breakfast Table, but we never saw anyone pour him a cup, so it's like the magic coffee somehow, or else they just had it waiting there for him. They knew he was going to come get it. Uh, we have Mooney, uh, the parole officer, putting down his coffee, as Norma describes Hank as being a, uh, what she say, a, homicide, a homicidal husband who's doing uh, two to five for manslaughter, but hopes to get out and become a productive member of society real soon. It makes a very pointed comment like, stop hitting on me, dude. And Mooney kind of puts down his coffee, a little disturbed. We have coffee and huckleberry pie for the bookhouse boys. These, all these plates of finished pie, and then they bring up more. Cooper asks, uh, Norma, slice of huckleberry pie, heated, vanilla ice cream on the side, coffee. And Ed ends up uh, paying for it. They say, Ed, looks like pie and coffee is on you because he lost the bet. And then, of course, Cooper has the infamous line where he eats the huckleberry pie and he just goes, mmm, this must be where pies go when they die. For the bonus food, uh, we have another <laughs> memorable Cooper quote at breakfast. Short stack of griddle cakes, melted butter, maple syrup, lightly heated slice of ham. Nothing beats the taste sensation when maple syrup collides with ham as he claps his hands together. We see the old man eating burgers and fries and uh, some sort of iced tea or Coke. It looks like the other one just finished a pie, the old men that uh, Shelley is making laugh. And then we see Josie sipping white wine with Harry at the Blue Pine Lodge and Cooper and uh, Hawk clinking beer bottles and a toast to Laura uh, on the on the, at the bar in the Great Northern as, as Leland's about to dance in the background. Uh, the only smoking I noticed in the episode was uh, Major Briggs tells Bobby to put his cigarette out, and Bobby says, you want to talk about cigarettes today? And he says, no, but put it out. It's a filthy habit, especially for a varsity athlete. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts to help promote it. Best platform to do that. And you can also become a patron on patreon.com slash lostinthemovies. See you tomorrow.